Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, Elevate Life Church. You know, if you've never heard me speak before, first of all, hi, I'm Keila. And I'm the middle child of Pastor Keith and Sheila. And for me, if you've never heard me speak, I like to be really real and talk to you about things that God is currently teaching me and we're always in process. So I have not perfected even the things I'm gonna talk to you about today, but I believe that it's a word from God for your life on this last weekend of the year, because I know it's a word for my life and I, I just really believe that it's something that we can walk the end of this year out like we never thought we could. So um, as we focus on the fact that 2019 is only a few short days away, I wanna just ask you in this moment, just challenge you to be here, to focus on right now. Don't be thinking about where you've gotta go after this service or what's going on on social media because I really do feel like right now, right here, God has a word that he wants you to hear. So if you take notes, the title of my message is called, All You Have Is Now. And you know, you can't change the past, but you can learn from it. And you can't decide what the future is gonna look like exactly, but you can take steps that will lead you into greatness. And for me, I don't know if you're like me, maybe it's because I'm a millennial, I don't know. But I believe in God, I love God, and so I wanna get to my next now. And I wanna get to my destiny now, and I wanna get to my purpose now. But the walk of a Christian life is not one big step, it's a million small steps that you take every single day. And I don't know if you've ever been to anywhere like the Great Wall of China or the Leaning Tower of Pisa, but these places have a lot of steps. And you know, you take the first couple ones and you're like, this is good. I like must be doing the Stairmaster lately because I'm good at these stairs. And then you get about 50 in and 100 in, you're like, who made stairs and why isn't there an escalator here by now? And that's how I feel sometimes when I'm walking with God because I want to get to my next. I'm so ready for 2019. I, I don't want to look back, but I want it to be here and I want everything to be now and ready. And, and I think that a lot of times we let our circumstances or what's going on or what we're feeling in the moment shape our viewpoint or our faith instead of letting the truth of God be our guide as we're taking these steps. And you know, even if you don't feel blessed right now, even if you don't feel healthy right now, even if you don't feel wealthy right now, if you get into agreement with what God says about you and you see yourself as blessed, you see yourself as healed, you see yourself as wealthy, you're gonna move forward towards his promises for you a lot faster. And in the natural, your dream or what you feel like God's called you to do or even your life right now may seem impossible. But in the Bible it says, with God, nothing is impossible. And maybe as you think about this last year, it wasn't maybe the best year. For me, I, in 2018, have had the best of times and the worst of times and the medium of times that I don't remember really. Because, you know, those like ones that you're like, oh, what did I do that day? <laughs> you know, you have, you have moments like that. But I want to encourage you as I'm encouraging myself because in Philippians 2.13 it says, God is working in you. 
He wants your plans and your acts to fulfill his purpose. So no matter if you've messed up, no matter if you've had difficulties or pain or hardship or just those medium places, God can still get you where you need to be. And my first point today is start where you are now. You know, I like to use a GPS system, not the old school ones that you just click on your car, but the one on my phone. You know, I like Google Maps when it works in certain cities. Um, don't really like Apple Maps, to be honest. But for me, a GPS is really helpful to go to a place I've never been. You know, you can put in the destination, it calculates the best route most of the time, and it even tells you like when there's traffic, and if you miss a turn, it reroutes you and you get back on the path that you're supposed to be on. And you know, God works in a very similar way. He's constantly giving us direction, speaking to us, and leading us by peace. And even when we miss it, and we all do at times, he recalculates our route, and he helps us get where we need to be. And I think the key to this is not wasting your valuable time on things you can't change. For me, it can be very easy to look back or look around and try to wonder why or try to change things. But you know, in Philippians 3, 13 through 14, we're encouraged. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider that I've taken hold of it yet, but here is the one thing I do. I forget what's behind me and I push hard toward what's ahead of me. I push myself forward toward the goal to win the prize God has appointed me to win. You know, as we get ready to celebrate this new year, I want to encourage you to choose to leave the old behind. Stop giving your time and your emotions to things and people that have no place in your life now. Each time you choose to be led by what they did or what they said or how it happened or how it shouldn't have been, you're allowing that thing to control you and to lead you. You know, the only thing that I want to lead me is God. The only thing I want to direct my steps as I take my million steps towards God, those small ones, is Him. And you know, your emotions, negativity, things that happen in the world can get us off track. But I wanna encourage you because God can get you right back to where you need to be. And in Romans 6, 13, it says, don't give any part of yourself to sin. Don't let any part of yourself be used to do evil. Instead, give yourself to God. You have been brought from death to life, so give every part of yourself to God to do what is right. I wanna give every part of myself to God. And I'm here to tell you today that I'm striving for that, but I have not perfected it. It's a daily journey because just when you think you've given something to God, you realize oh, I'm still holding on to a part of that. And God wants to use you if you have never heard that, let me tell you today, God wants to use you. But I also wanna let you know that God using you is not about you. And letting God use you starts with your why. If you can figure out why you wanna do what you wanna do or why you're being the way you're being, God can figure out the what. So many times we're focused on what we're doing. And what I wanna tell you is God's not as focused on what you're doing as much as he's focused on why you're doing it. It's the motivation behind what we do that matters. And you know, I heard this um, statement a couple weeks ago and it says, big doors swing on little hinges. You know, the word but is a very small word in the English language, but it can actually produce an outcome that brings huge, exciting, profitable, or even destructive consequences. Pastor Keith always says, anything you said before but doesn't matter. 
So it's important that we think about that in our life because we're like, I love you, but I want to, but, and but can either be a defeater or it can be a defender. And in my life, I have to be honest, I find myself saying a lot, but I, and let me give you some examples. Sometimes I say things like, I need to work out, but I'm so tired. I want to get into a balance, but I don't have time. I want to stop having an attitude, but I just feel so frustrated all the time. I need to talk about this issue with my friend or my spouse, but I don't like the confrontation. You know, when I say, but I, my butt seems like so big to overcome. <laughs> but I'm actually learning to replace my statements instead of saying, but I, I'm learning to say, but God. When I say, but I, I redirect my thought process to myself and my lack and what I can't do. But when I say, but God, it focuses my mind and my heart on the truth. When I follow up statements in my life with, but God, the but becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. With God, but is a good thing. Let me give you some examples. In Genesis 50, 20, you know, Joseph's family had sold him, rejected him. And he says, you intended harm, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. In 1 Kings 5, 4, we see Solomon, who's David's son. He was talking about the enemies that used to attack David. And he's talking about how now all the enemies have been eradicated. And he says, but now the Lord, my God, has given me rest on every side, and there is no adversary or disaster. In Psalm 73, 26, we see a psalm about temptation, about a worshiper who's striving to live for God. And they say, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In Isaiah 48, we see the, the deliverance of oppression and hard times coming to pass. It says, the grass withers and the flowers fail, the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. In Matthew 19, 26, Jesus talking to his disciples and he says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. In Romans 6, 23, it talks about how our nature without God is sin and it equals death. But with God and living a life for him, we have life and life more abundantly. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I wanna speak over you today that your 2018 might not have looked good. You might have a lot of but eyes. You might have a lot of situations right now that you can think of, but I wanna tell you today, but God has a great plan, but God will come through, but God, because he's on your side, you're going to win, you're going to succeed. Can everybody just say that with me, but God. I wanna encourage you just as I'm encouraging myself, to not take the natural way of looking at other people and saying because of them, but I, I can't, and I, I, but I, but I, and instead going, stopping yourself and saying, but God. You know, Pastor Keith says, when you take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves. I decided to look into hinges because I'm not like, ugh, a hardware person. I go into Lowe's and I like the smell of Lowe's. I don't know why, but, I decided to look up 
just like some things about hinges. And I found out that often you can fix a door by simply fixing the hinge. You know, one of the things my dad taught me growing up was your attitude is the hinge on which your destiny swings. And for me, there's a lot of times that the way that I see life really depends on where I go. And some of us are so stuck and we somehow think that God's not going to use us or, or what we have is not going to work out. We, com we contrast and, and we compete with our life and our gifts and other people and opportunities and the lack thereof. And we say, but I, but they. And my question for you is, how is God ever going to give you more when you're not even using what he's already given you? My second point is use what you have now. God wants to use things that you don't even think are worth mentioning. The enemy wants you to get so focused on what you don't have or on what others have and never realize what you've been given. The time, the people, the season, the giftings. You have right now breath. You have a smile. Maybe you even have limbs that work, a voice, and maybe you even have money. And the most valuable thing that we all have but take for granted, time. The enemy wants us to think that what we have is so insignificant that we'll never be able to use it for God. And I just want to encourage you today because what you have now is what God wants to use. The devil will try to distract you so that he never has to destroy you. You know the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, kill and destroy. But if he can distract you and get you focused on what's not working or just get you focused on doing nothing at all because you're looking around, he doesn't ever have to defeat you. God has given us everything that we need right now to start. Right now to take steps and do what we need to do. And somehow we think we need more. We think, well, I'm missing something. Well, I'd like to ask you, have you tried the power of God yet? Have you added God's power to that situation? He's given you something and you're either choosing to use it or not. You know, in Exodus 4.2, God told Moses, he asked him, he said, what's in your hand? And you know, Moses in that moment talked about every single thing that he couldn't do instead of answering. He talked about how he didn't have what he needed. He said he wasn't good enough to speak or to lead. He even asked God to use somebody else instead of him. I don't know if you've ever been there where you're like, God, please, if you can use someone else. And yet while God had destined Moses to do what he was called to do, Moses just kept only seeing what wouldn't work. He was focused on but I. And eventually, you know, he was able to acknowledge God and he realized where he couldn't, God could. And eventually he used what he had for God. And you know what's interesting in this scripture is what he ends up answering God and saying whenever God says, what's in your hand? Initially God gave him a stick. And some of us think that we don't have what we need to accomplish what God has for us. We look at the Bible and it's so simple. It's so simple the things that God uses but somehow we think, well, I don't have what I need. You know, the man who is too big to do little things is too small to do big things. In Zechariah 4.10, it says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. So not when things are different or better or when you feel ready. You see, we miss it because we base what we don't have as a reason to not take action. 
But when you take action with what you have now, it enables God to get involved. Until you trust God with the now, you will never get the next you want. You cannot get where God's trying to take you by looking back or using the thought processes that start with, well, if it wouldn't have, if they wouldn't have, it shouldn't be this way. God has great things for us right now in spite of our weakness, in spite of our failures, in spite of what we lack. And I think that if we're real, just like me, I've realized, and I'm trying to get better at it, but I'm not always utilizing what God's given me right now. You know, I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you feel weak, maybe you feel great, maybe you don't even know where you stand right now. But God wants to use your weakness. He uses your weakness more than your strengths. In 2 Corinthians 12, in the scriptures 9 through 11, we see that it's in our weakness that he is made strong. Every person God ever used was flawed, except for Jesus. And God has every intention of bringing to pass what he has promised, and yet we have a responsibility to take action on that promise with what we have right now. Some of you are so fixated, and I've been here, even recently, we're so fixated on where we are now that's negative that we cannot even imagine God using what we have right now. So instead of acting on it, we wait for something better. When I get the money, when I lose the weight, when I find the spouse, when I get the job, when I, and fill in the blank. But I wanna ask you, what investment are you making right now in your dream, right now in your promise, right now in your destiny, because the miracle is in what God's already given you, not what you're waiting on. Have you ever thought about what God's placed in your hands? Have you ever really thought about it? You know, there's a saying that says, what you are is God's gift to you, but what you do with yourself is your gift to God. My next point is, do what you can now. God deserves our best. He shaped us, he formed us, he created us for a purpose, and he wants us to make the most of what we've been given. We rarely see God's good in a season that looks really difficult or hard or painful in the moment. You know, in my own life, I've been abused, I've been molested, I've been left by a husband who cheated on me. And I think about all those things and I go, that may have happened to me, but that's not who I am. I only look back at that and see it as something that God uses. And you know, it took me, it took me a little bit to get there and there's still things I have to battle through with those thought processes. But what I know is as I look to God and as I trust him to use my weakness, to use my flaws, to use my imperfections, you know what happens? Because I get healed, because I follow God, it creates a path for other people to follow. And instead of looking at themselves as a victim, they can look at themselves in victory because they say, because you did it, I can do it. And they see God working in you and it helps them to see God working in them. You know, when Jesus washed Peter's feet, he said, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Only in hindsight do we understand how God intended our difficulty for good. You know, with God, we have peace, increase in power, and the ability to not quit, even when things look difficult. You know, it's very often that we can think that when difficulty's involved, it must not be from God. <laughs> because somehow God only resides in ease and comfort. 
But you know what I believe? Is that when difficulty meets divine, it becomes destiny. Some of you have been pushing away from difficulty thinking that it's not God. And yes, God makes all things possible, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to pay a price. When faced with difficulty, I challenge you to take it as a sign that God has greatness on the other side of it. There's people in the Bible that face difficulty. Moses, David, Mary, Paul, Peter, all the disciples, Jonah, Esther, Ruth, Abraham, Isaac, Zechariah, Gideon, Joshua, and Caleb, and I could go on forever, and of course, Jesus. These people had a choice what they did with their difficulty. They could face it with God or not, just like you and I can. And I wanna encourage you today, don't shy away from difficulty because when you step into difficulty with God instead of away from it, divine can meet you in that difficulty and it can become destiny. Because God never promised us that we wouldn't face hard times or that we wouldn't go through things. He did say, however, that he would use it all and give everything meaning if we give it back to him. Because God isn't asking you to do what you can't. He's only asking you to do what you can. In John 14, it says, whatever you ask in my name, it shall be done. And here are some things that we can do today to get started. You know, I think it's very tempting, and I don't know what this is about our human nature, to like set goals or do nothing. Those are like kind of like the levels. <laughs> and whenever we get to the setting of the goals, if we don't do them within a certain timeline, most of the time we don't do them. But so often we're not thinking in the moment. We're either looking back or looking ahead. And we miss the moment. And what if all we have is now? What if we don't have tomorrow? What if we don't step into 2019? What did you do with today? Well, guess what? You have a head start because you're at church. So you made a really good decision to start with what God's given you on this last weekend of 2018. But the first thing that we can do right now is you can pray. Prayer sets your mind on the right things instead of your own way. It makes, you, it makes you get to a place where you can understand, okay, I submit to God's way before my own. You know, I like to ask myself this a lot. Whenever I start complaining about something or I feel a certain way, I like to ask myself, have you prayed about it yet? Because if I haven't talked to God who created me, knows my life, knows my future, knows my past, and he like knows everything, then maybe I'm not gonna get the right answers from my friends or from my peers that I just probably want to agree with me. So we can ask ourselves that. Have I prayed about that yet? You know, Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Your mouth and your declaration can overcome your mind and emotions. When you do what you can, God will take care of what you cannot. The next thing you can do is you can focus. Focus helps us have energy for what's ahead. You know, that focus can lead us to enthusiasm and passion. And it's okay if you think you're a little bit ADHD, me too. But with God's power, we can focus. And you know, the word enthusiasm comes from the word theos, which means in God. If God is in you, you should do things with passion. Whatever you do should be done for God with passion. Passion moves us towards the promise. Passion gets the attention of Jesus. 
You know, there are some people in the Bible that are a great example of this. The woman with the issue of blood, her passion to reach out and touch Jesus healed her. Blind Bartimaeus, who called out to Jesus in passion, because of that, he was healed. Mary, the mother of Jesus, at a wedding, they ran out of wine, and she goes, Jesus, we need more wine. Here's some water. You think as his mother, she didn't know what he's, he was capable of? Like, I'm sure in the house, she's like, Jesus, clean your room. He's like, done. Like, she knew that her son was different and special. She wouldn't have just called on him randomly if she didn't know. But because of her passion, because she cared about that, it actually was the first miracle in public that set off his ministry. You know, in Genesis 19, it says, don't look to the left or the right. Don't look back. We all have the same amount of time in the day. And how you spend your time will determine what happens in your life in the future. Time is a gift you can use now. You know, it's interesting because even in my own life and in people's lives that I've led, a lot of the things that you hear is, well, I just, I don't have time. But it's interesting because whenever I mature in a certain situation and my capacity grows, I realize that I have time for what I want to have time for. And I want to ask you, what are you doing right now with your time? Are you really making the most of what you've been given? Like I said earlier, you're in church, so you have a head start. But what are you also doing with your thoughts? Are you really letting your thoughts be led by God? You see, you have the answers to your issues and problems. You actually have a plan and path to victory, so use it. Do not let what's in your head control what's in your hand. The last thing that we can do is we can keep going. You see, in my life, it's been an interesting thing to see. I run the internship here at the church. And it's been an interesting thing to see the interns that continue and push through um, their struggles in their life and graduate. You know, the ones that continue to push through, they keep doing that in their life later on. But the ones that give up short usually keep repeating the same pattern. And it's the same way in our own life. If we choose to be a person that keeps going, that pushes through, we create a positive pattern that God can not only encourage and give us power in, but he can honor that. And you know, Winston Churchill said, the nose of a bulldog is slanted backwards so he can breathe without letting go. With God, you can hold on and you can still breathe and you can still have peace and you can still make it. We will all be faced with the fact that sometimes it looks easier to quit than it is to push through. God has greatness on the other side of what it looks like right now. When we choose to walk in victory, even when we haven't seen it, if you choose to live like it, I promise you will see it a lot sooner. Jensen Franklin once said, regret looks back, worry looks around, but victory looks up. David had five stones. Shamgar had an ox goad. Gideon had a donkey jaw. Moses had a stick. Job had, a, had his ability to praise. Mary had oil and Jesus had a wooden cross. What are you going to do now with what God's already given you? You see, in our lives, it's easy to discount what God's given us and it's easy to not even realize that what we've been given is so valuable. But I wanna encourage you today, as I encourage myself, 
to say, you have everything you need to do what God's called you to do. And in your weakness, and when you don't feel like you're enough, and when you don't feel like you're qualified, or you don't know how you're gonna make it to the other side, let me tell you from just some experience in my life, God always has a plan even when I don't know it. He always has a way for victory. And if I trust Him, if I pray, if I focus and I keep going, not only will I be able to use what I've been given, but God's gonna use it in a greater way because the miracle that you're waiting for is already in your hands. It's not what you're looking for right now to come into your life. And maybe you're here today and you think, well, I'm not really sure where I stand with God. I'm not really sure if with all that I have right now that I'm just fully focused on God and He has my heart and He has my life. Well, I wanna remind you that all you have is now. So if you don't know that as a fact, if you don't know where you're going once you pass away, if you don't know you're going to heaven, I wanna encourage you in this moment to think, have I given my heart to Jesus? Have I really dedicated my life to Him? Because when you do that, it's amazing how your dreams just start to come true. Because He's the one that created your dreams. And He's been speaking to you and loving you way longer than you were ever breathing. And if that's you in this room with every head bowed and eyes closed, just between you and God, if you say, I want more of God, I wanna give Him my life, maybe for the second, third, fourth time, maybe for the first time today, just as an act of faith, I want you to lift up your hands so that I can pray for you. Just between you and God saying, you know what, God, if all I have is now, I want you to have my all. Just lift up your hands so that's an act of surrender. And I want everybody in this room to say this after me out loud. Pray this with me. Say, God, thank you for loving me, for seeing me. I wanna love you. Forgive me of any mistakes I've made. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at KeelaCraftAmbrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at KeelaCraftAmbrose.